the untrained muscles are pushing back against their clothes, against massage therapists. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, can you relax your shoulders? I'm like, that's as relaxed as they get. (laughs) Every massage therapist is like, (laughs) yup. Like when you massage softer muscles that, that aren't well developed, you know what that feels like. And then you touch someone who does some weight training and you're like, this baby's fighting back. (laughs) The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. Hey, girls. I'm Rachel. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. And I'm sorry, this is, I showed up like this. This is how I showed up today. I woke up like this. <laughs> no, it's not one of those situations. <laughs> it's not one of those. <laughs> I think it, honestly, I think it's great because from a bird's eye, we had it really together in our last podcast. <laughs> like everyone showed up really pulled together. You can't do that two times in a row. No. That's not realistic. No. And you know what? Don't ask me to. And (laughs) how dare you? And you know what else? Choices had to be made. I well listen, while I'm on while I'm on while I'm on the topic, (laughs) choices had to be made this morning and um, I chose fitness over hair. And I'm not saying that like, oh, everybody bowed down to me. Look at me choosing fitness. Like, but I basically, came on, yes. <laughs> no, I came on here looking like a hot ass mess. And I'm not proud of that. But I am saying that it's a pie. And I chose the fitness slice today. And I don't always. Sometimes I choose the hair slice. But I feel I need an explanation for this. Well, I'm proud of your disaster. I'm, I'm proud of your choices for sure. You always are. Well, I support, you know what? I support what you decide and feels good and right for you. That's what I try and do in in my people's lives. Well, this hair does not feel good and right to me. Well, I actually think it does. Like, I love, you know what I was thinking about today? I was like, I had a little half pony situation going on. That's why I had to do this headband. And I was like, how does Rachel look make that look like so... Like put like it's like a messy put together and it just it doesn't look the same on me. Oh, it's so I was just messy, thinking messy about today. that today. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I disappointed you by showing up like this. No, so I'm messy, messy. saying it, but I think it looks good. But anyway, enough about your appearance because oh, who cares? Yeah, yeah um, literally like, who cares? Literally who cares? It's a podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, that's your problem. <laughs> I would like to talk about more important things. (laughs) And what I'm going to start with is a lift or drop because I think that is a nice parlay into that topic of like what we're lifting and what we're dropping. Yeah, that you've been hitting that vocab app (laughs) again, haven't you? (laughs) You've 
been dipping into that. We're going to parlay. Is that what we're going to do? Jack Sparrow. Is that what we're going to do? What? Don't make me all laugh into my microphone. I listen to it later and I'm like, stop doing that. Oh, you're hitting that vocab app again. Well, here's another thing I want to say. Just a a shout out to us for our uncut podcast (laughs) because... I was talking to a friend who was listening to someone else's podcast recently and he was like, wow, you're so like succinct and just like flow so nicely. And I was like, he cuts that. I've watched it on YouTube and it's like from a string of notes and it's like cut right one into another because it's actually very hard to have a conversation like a robot and just throw out information like in a consecutive order without any ums or thoughts or well, time it's processing in between. It is. I mean, these, you know, there are some people who are much more intelligent than us that can have that. But do they say parlay? <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to us for just keeping it real over here. No, you can have sent me that. That app, I asked two times for it now. I feel okay. like you're. Oh my God. I feel like you're holding out because you think we're gonna get the same word every week, no. and then we're both gonna be like Jack Sparrow. Okay, I have a confession. <laughs> I haven't told you this. I screenshotted the list that I had been looking at, and I was I put it in a text message to you and Layla because I was like, oh, they asked for this, and I send them to send it to them. And I looked at the list of words, and I was like, well, these are not like eloquent words. Like they're not very complicated. It's not like you've never heard of them before. It's just like a suggestion of words to use instead of some of the ones that you would typically use. And then I immediately, I did. I immediately felt like sister. I I was like, Oh my God, they're going to think I'm stupid. (laughs) I had it screenshotted up. You know, when you're going to send a text message, like, Hey, you guys asked for this. And I was like, stupid, stupid, stupid. (laughs) Well, you suck. Stupid, stupid, the worst. <laughs> They're gonna think I'm stupid. As if the 30 plus years we've known each other. <laughs> we already know. This text message was gonna put it over the edge of like, wow. oh, not a good idea. Like, what Kelsey, you don't know these words. <laughs> but it wasn't that I don't. It's just a suggestion when you are thinking of saying, like, well, I can't think of, you know. Is something superior oh, words, words superior again. to say, <laughs> like to something that you would say, like that wouldn't that you would just use a short, you know, not well, of course, descriptive that's, word. I'm not looking for words I never heard of. I'll just mispronounce them. <laughs> Remember vehemently? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking for oh those. My God. I'm looking for words I know <laughs> that I will pronounce somewhat correctly. Maybe and I was like, it's Maybe. <laughs> Come on. Oh god. I, that's, that's like a read. I read it. I read yeah. it. I read it. I read it. I never say it aloud. Said, no. So I You know what Isley said to me one time? Send me the list. Will you do it? She was trying to say tool, like the fabric. And she said Tooley. <laughs> oh, that's a read never like, say. She goes, I don't know. I only read it. I never said it aloud. And I was like, Are you trying to say tool like the fabric? And she's like, I only read it. Is that how you say it? And I was like, I love I have a this. lot of those. I, have I love a lot of those. Yeah, but you can tell because you guys are readers. Like you take information, you read it. And that happens to me less often because I'm an audible 
learner. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing it first instead of... But you can't of, spell it. No, I can't spell it for shit. Yeah. So, okay. I can spell it. I just can't say it. I can't A hundred percent the trade-off. I'm glad we talked about this. <laughs> because too. I feel like people feel themselves in one camp or the other. And I just want to reassure you and myself. That does not mean you're less intelligent for either of those things. Like it because if you can't spell it and you can use some fancy words in your vocabulary, but, or you mispronounce some of these words in your vocabulary because you have read it and you're an excellent speller, both intelligent, different ways of learning. So are you going to send it to me? I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to stop mm-hmm. having my imposter syndrome. Okay. Something that I'm lifting, which wasn't my imposter syndrome, but we're going to do lift or drop this week. Sorry, guys, that we've dropped off that for a little bit. So if you have a lift or drop you want to share with us that you have been thinking about over the new year, please share it in the comments wherever you're listening to this podcast or if you're in the group app socials. We love to see it. And we are literally everywhere. So I will see it. Everywhere. <laughs> Okay, lift or drop. We've done this segment many times in the past. Basically, what we're lifting and bringing into our day, our week, whatever, and what we're dropping. For me, I am lifting. All right. I'm th- <laughs> this was my idea, and I haven't fully had it thought out. But this is where I do those things with my friends. I am lifting. Being more okay with the direction of where my life is going and the things that I'm putting effort into. So I've noticed that, or this happens when you start to put effort into some other areas of your life that have been lacking. And then you have this kind of low key humming guilt of the things that you're almost having to leave behind or give less attention to. And they just like sneak in to my thoughts every day. Like, your fitness is suffering. Like these things are suffering. Like blah blah. blah. And those are my. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, etc. For example, <laughs> I'm supposed to say mine. <laughs> well, I would really like to put more effort into all of my relationships and showing up better. And and that doesn't mean like fitness or work falls off, but um yeah it does it yeah not like fall off completely no no they have been a a really big part i work all the time i just like if i'm not working i'm thinking about working (laughs) it's like a weird situation but i would really like to put more effort into my relationships and being present in them and that is something that i'm lifting this week with the hopes of being okay with uh some of the things that are falling to the wayside a little bit. Oh, very good. Is this a good opportunity to ask if you want to babysit then? (laughs) (laughs) I do want to babysit. Seems like a good (laughs) parlay into (laughs) me asking you if you want to babysit my kids. I would love to babysit. Get a glass of wine. Go get your glass of wine, girl. (laughs) I'm going to move this because how much tie-dye can you literally have in a shot? That's a lot of (laughs) tie-dye happening. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's your drop? Or am I doing my lift? I am dropping some guilt over that. But I also want to add that I am also dropping the need to, I'm still trying to drop the need to be perfect and to know everything because I'm in some uncharted waters in my life right now. 
And I think that came after a really big high of like moving, starting new life, relationship, all these things. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm in an uncharted territory and I feel a little awkward here. And I feel like, why don't I know more things or like feel more confident, but I'm kind of dropped that. Hopefully. Okay. Well, as usual, yours are deep and philosophical and mine are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that is a, Okay. Gift and a curse because I get stuck there. You know what I mean? Like I Yeah. Mine are so much more tangible, but like They're so much more tangible. And I love that about you. Well (laughs) I mean, that's also just because I'm like not working as hard on self-improvement. But get with it. So I'm lifting. I take an eleven AM walk every day. Or I play ping pong with my husband. (laughs) Once a day, we because we both are working at home and it's as you said that I think you said on the other the other podcast the other day about like how you'll literally get to four o'clock and realize you haven't gotten up you haven't eaten you haven't drank like that's easy to do and so we cut at 11 every day no matter what and we go walk around the neighborhood together or we do something physical like play ping and that is what I'm lifting all right today's podcast so important so relevant and also so misunderstood but we are not going to gaslight you on this by saying that the concept does not exist at all. But we are going to talk about the limitations to the control over this issue. And what we're talking about today is the appearance of bulk when it comes to lifting and fitness, especially on a woman's body, because how dare it be there? How dare it be there? (laughs) Be strong, but like, don't look strong. You know, as Rachel and I were discussing this topic, the thing that we had brought up several times was little pee energy. So if you hear that throughout this podcast, just know we can only be us. So this topic came to me. This topic has been a major one in the health and fitness industry for women since the thought of lifting any weights crossed anyone's mind. So Let's just throw that out there for what it is. However, women have asked it several different ways and someone came into my messages and I'll just read the message to you, excluding her name. Hi, Kelsey. Not sure if you remember me. My name is blah, blah, blah. I dropped into the gym that I'm currently going at. I'm not going to name that one either. (laughs) My question is, how do you stay lean while lifting? I tend to bulk up easily, which I'm trying to avoid, but I love CrossFit. Now... I remember this girl, I I like partnered with her in a workout and she was very new and she was like, oh my God, (laughs) what are we doing here? But I thought this question was very important because not only, so she's obviously looking at my body composition and she's very new and I think she's typically a runner and she's obviously asking, you know, she loves to do a thing. She loves to come to CrossFit. She enjoys it. Um, but she tends to bulk up very easy. This was a loaded question for me, which I had to let sit for a little bit. And we are going to go through several aspects of what this looks like, what this feels like, and some validity behind, um, quote unquote, bulking or feeling bulky for many women. But I first want to address, um, I first want to address the idea of feeling bulky, looking in your mind's bulky or avoiding something that you know that you love and enjoy 
because you feel it's going to make you look a certain way. And to add to that, you know that it is healthy for you in every single way and is going to extend your quality of life. And it's going to make make you look some type of way and you're still avoiding it. So there's, there's two things there that I just want to bring to the forefront because I think sometimes we're so deep in, well, this is the aesthetic that I'm going for. This is what I want to look like. And we miss the importance of our heart, what we love, what we enjoy, and how important that is. And where is that on our value scale when it comes to what we're deciding we're going to do next? Is the way that you look more important than the way that you feel? I mean, that's a loaded question. And obviously, each person needs to sit with that and come up with their own answer. Slurpee. <laughs> that was so Slurpee quiet. Sis. <laughs> no, drink your water. Don't ever, don't ever let me stop you. Well, coffee. <laughs> okay. Well, you know right. The weird thing about fitness is the tie that it's had to aesthetics for so long. Fitness stopped being for a while, something that anybody did for longevity in their life, for um, enjoyment, for like bone density. Like it just started being something that people were doing for aesthetics. And it was just assumed across the board that everyone that was ever in a gym for any reason was there for aesthetic reasons. And so it's, it's, it's weird because breaking that down is so counter culture. (laughs) So putting forth the idea that like, yeah, but are you sure that we're all just in the gym just for looks? Like, is that really what it is? Um, I think that's like the starting point, but also we got to address this illusion over the amount of control that you have over what your body will look like when it's its fittest and what it will weigh, how it will be shaped. That's, that's an illusion. It's an illusion. And here's the thing that we continuously do. People go into, because this happened to me at the doctor's office as well. People go into a certain space and they say, if I do this thing, I'm going to look like that. And okay. So like if I go into a Peloton class, like what do Peloton cyclists look like? What do CrossFitters look like? What do bodybuilders look like? What do runners look like? And the representatives from each of those groups may have a certain body type. Right. So like the, the, who we're looking at as the like representatives for who is like the runner. Right. But like 80, 90% of runners look totally different. Don't look like the representative. No. So say what happened to you at the doctors, because you don't look like the representative of CrossFit. I don't. And so I went to the doctor's office and the woman who was my doctor said, you have a real, you have a really lean body composition. I, what do you do? And I said, CrossFit. And she said, Oh, I tried CrossFit, but I went in there and all of the women looked or the women looked bulky. And I don't, that wasn't what I was going for. So that's what you do. Like she was very surprised because she was like, I don't want to look bulky, but I want to look like you. You're very lean. And I was like, I've been doing CrossFit for 10 years. (laughs) First of all, (laughs) but When you go into a certain space and you see one or two people that are doing the thing, you have no idea what any other aspect of their body genetics, anything else that they do outside of that. And you assume that if you do the thing that they're doing, 
you're going to look like they look is just an, an insane idea. What a weird assumption that and is. It, but like the internet feeds this, right? Because yeah, the algorithm looks at like, want this booty? Do this workout. You're never going to get that booty. I Like, hey, plot twist. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. And That I one belongs to, to her. That one belongs to her. And honestly, the majority of people who have started something like that, have got a following like that, is because they started out genetically with that type of booty, started making some workouts, and then said, I could make some money off of this. I'm going to tell everyone everything what I did. So it's just, it's a, it's a weird thing because how everyone's body composition presents how, based on their genetics, their lifestyle, a ton of other things. And then whatever type of fitness they decide to do. Now, of course, that's going to contribute to how they, you know, what their body presents as, but you aren't going to do the same things that they're going to do and then just end up with their body composition. That's such a weird, like, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I was saying to you yesterday when we were talking about this topic, I was like, I don't go to like the grocery store and see like a bunch of curly haired people and be like, well, if I go to the grocery store again, my hair is just going to start curling up. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like next time I leave, I'm going to have a perm. <laughs> it's so, That's such a weird assumption that just simply by being in the presence of people who look a certain way. And I get that the gym is different because it's like, oh, well, we're all just here to look at each other's bodies, but also like maybe, maybe not that. Well, that's what <laughs> so, the, historically that is kind of been the culture that the gym has created with yeah. a bunch of mirrors and like people are looking at each other. And that's why there has been this whole kind of like as people started filming, you know, there's all of these videos where like, you're filming me, you're like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no one's looking at you. Like, and that is just kind of like an anti thing that CrossFit has created because there's no mirrors that happen in there. You're not, you're never looking at yourself because it's not about what you look like. It's about what you can do. And I just thought that the, the doctor experience was particularly interesting to me because this is someone, she is a doctor. She's got a PhD in, in health. In the body of, <laughs> in the body and its health. Yes. <laughs> and she's very intelligent, but she's also a woman living on this planet. So the messaging that she's gotten about being bulky, regardless like of what we're going to talk about when it comes to like what body composition looks like and, you know, the illusion of control when it comes to what you, what your body will look like, because this illusion of control has got a hold of people, a hold of women so hard that it is ruining their lives. I watched a video with a, a woman having like a rant breakdown being like, she's in a larger body. And she was like, stop telling me that all I need to do is count my calories. All I need to do is diet. I've been doing it for 40 years. I'm fucking tired. And I've always been in a larger body. I've, this is, I've tried everything. And I just was like, is no one listening to this, 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 she is saying her experience in the realest way possible. And still as a society, our idea is just tell people to work harder, calorie count more, and your body will look like this. No, it won't. No, it won't. No, it won't. Because that is, to, again, we've done this in health and fitness for almost every freaking aspect. And this is no, this is not going to escape that. 
It's not the exception. Your body composition is so much more complex than just like what you take in and what you do. It's so much more complex than that. Basically, okay, we accept this when it comes to your facial features, right? It's like, hey, um, but if I do all these nose exercises, do you think I have kind of a pointy nose, okay? I, I have kind of a pointy nose and you don't. And I think that what I'll do is I'll ask you how you express all day. How'd you get that nose? Do you smile a lot? Do you frown a lot? Do you do like nose bridges, like two by 10, like how many sets? And if I do that long enough, my nose will be like yours. Oh, wait, no, it won't. If I eat carrots, you eat a lot of minute rice, right? That must be how you got your nose like that. It doesn't, no one would, everyone agrees that certain features about a person's face and appearance are not changeable. They're, they just are. <laughs> and there's no amount of exercises or nutrition that's going to change that. We all accept that we fall into a, a, a range of body types, right? We've done this when we were 12 years old. We picked up Cosmo magazine and we said, are we a ruler? Are we an hourglass? Are we a pear? What we, we've been given all of these like random ass shapes and been told that we fit into one of them. You know why? Because that's the truth. Because the genetics behind your build are actually your skeletal structure. You actually do have a shape. And it is unique from mine. And it is also not changeable. There is no amount of booty exercises that is going to change you into an hourglass if you are a ruler. That's not going to happen. The only thing that you are in control over is the size of your body, not the shape. The shape is predetermined. So when we talk about these people who genetically are um, more prone to, you know, carrying large amounts of muscle in their glutes. And then they go out and tell you it's the booty workouts that they're doing. And it's the minute rice. And it's the, it's, it's, you got to go to sleep at this time and wake up or at this fat. time. Like it, it, it could, it can be muscle. It can be, that's where you're storing excess fat. That is like something that no one is really taking into consideration that some of these hourglass shapes is that like some people tend to carry less body fat in their midsection and more body fat in their ass. Like, it is what it, or boobs, whatever. Like, and none of these things are just superior to the other. The, the biggest thing that's really making us so unhappy with our bodies is the need to warp them into somebody else's. And it's like, I just don't want everyone to live their whole life trying to do something, to do, to accomplish this thing that it is out of their hands. Like accomplish things that are within your control. And I'm so here for it. I'm going to cheer for you so loudly. But the fact that year after year, we hit these New Year's diets where we go with a bunch of shame that we haven't transformed our body into somebody else's or we set goals that are someone else's body. And then we wonder why we are at war with our bodies all the time, why we are constantly shaming our bodies, why we are just hope envying other women's bodies and never taking a look at the fact that what our body has done for us, the beauty that it has just as it is, 
And I know that's a really difficult thing because if you live in this society, the, the air that you breathe is just this expectation to be something else, to be this aesthetic that we've decided that's the one now. And here is your way to get that. And just endlessly try to get that, even though we know it, it will never be possible for you. And now we've taken it so far as to, we know this is impossible for you, but we have implants. We've got all of these cuts and pull this here, move this here. And it's just like, where does it end? Well, I mean, that's really, if you're looking to change your genetics, that's really the only way is we can go in and we can shave down bones, literally, if, you know, even on the, on the surgical side, when it comes to like liposuction and stuff, if you're more predisposed to hold weight in your midsection, you get liposuction, you will still be more predisposed to hold weight in your midsection. That's not going to change. That is going to be a, a battle that you will have forever forever ever. and that, and it's not a battle though like i even said it you know because i'm just a woman that breathes air on this planet too and it and it and it has been presented to us as a battle but if we thought of that more like our nose and just said like well this kind of is me and this is kind of like what i look like and this is kind of what makes me me and i don't want you know to put forward this idea as like a totally unbacked like hey just you know you're not in control of your body whatsoever certainly the fact that you have more fat and muscle tissue in your body than you do in your face makes it more changeable right but i just don't want people to think that they can they are in complete control. They're the sculptor of their body. And if they work hard enough that they can sculpt it into exactly what they want it to look like, because that is an unrealistic goal. It's not supported by science. In fact, scientists have said over and over that your genes define a range for the potential body size that you are going to achieve as an adult. Like that's predisposed. You are in charge a little bit of the size of that. You can control the muscle size. You can control the, the fat percentage, right? But like within a certain range, right? So like, it's just, it's so hard because these genetic factors have been not presented to us in a way of acceptance, like some of our facial features. They've been instead like presented as like, if you, if you just simply worked harder, your chin would be so much smaller. We have to interrupt this podcast to tell you about the new news that just hit the site. We have some brand new staple items available now, some open back tanks and long sleeve open backs. We released these a couple years ago and they were a huge hit and they're available now. Yeah, I know all of our OGs are going to be super excited to see these long sleeves back. They are just a sensory dream. I love the feel of them. It's so good. And then we also have a boho collection, super cute boho patterns, very now. And um, if you want to check those out, they hit the site on Friday. Friday morning, 9.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And there's a pattern for everyone in this collection. We can't wait for you guys to see it. So good. Constantlyvariedgear.com. Here's the important part to understand with the range is that because there is a range, 
we do see some variation in where we can fall within that range. And not only is genetics a huge factor in that environment, what you've been exposed to, and obviously the lifestyle that you've created uh, until now. There are so many things that go into that because if you could look at Rachel and I, we're sisters, same genetics, <laughs> and we have very different body types to the point where like, it's very difficult for me to build and maintain muscle. It's very difficult. Rachel like looks at handstand pushups and she's like, my traps are here. <laughs> like, <laughs> far less difficult for me. Far less difficult. It's just, you know, it's that, that is, and we're still within, you know, within a range there. So don't take this as like, well, there is absolutely, you know, no control in where you can fall within this range. You, that part of that is definitely within your control. What I'd like you to shift your control to though, if I may present <laughs> having control of exactly what your body looks like is unrealistic, but having control of your body is the coolest thing I've ever felt in my life. Ooh. Like having control of what your body can do and setting these goals that, that support that. And that's why we always have performance based goals at the tip top of when it comes to starting a healthy lifestyle or when it comes to looking at like, what are some of your physical goals? They're always performance based. And you might when we present things like handstands or, you know, being able to hold a plank or being able to hold an air squat or things like that, you might kind of think like, well, what does that really matter? Having control of your body and its movement, it builds a level of confidence that you cannot explain until you do it, until you have the freedom to kick up and be able to support your body on your hands jump up to a bar and be able to hold yourself there. Get to go to the ground and get back up without pain, without limitation. These are things that ultimately have you living, living a limitless life, being limitless in your body. It's, it's that like constant, you know, why don't I trust myself? That is like solved (laughs) when you, can like trust that your body can do basically anything. Yeah. It's supporting evidence that if I ask my body to hang from a bar, if I ask my body, if my, if I fall, I can easily get back up. If I want to hold myself in a plank, I can. These are things that build a level of trust with yourself and your body that allow you to coexist in a space of like, you just feel so much more confident. Because you know it's backing you up. I just, it's so hard to talk to people who, who have, who have held aesthetics so high in their value system to talk about this idea because it seems that aesthetics kind of like overshadow all of these other things. But I want you to think about some of the most, and like we can, I just want to put it in an aesthetic range just for a second, because I think this will be a little bit easier for people to understand. It might be a fail. I don't know. But if you can think about historically, what has been popular for body types? And you think about like Marilyn Monroe, Kim Kardashian, wh- who, whoever was the person in heroin chic or, you know, all of these different body types, a big ass was not popular before Kim Kardashian. But she owned it. She owned what her body was and said, like, this is this is what it is. It was the confidence. Marilyn Monroe, same thing. She was not 
the like ideal body aesthetic, like whatever, if you look back at, you know, what her body type was, it, it wasn't a size and it never has been. These things have changed over time because what you're really looking for is confidence. What you're really looking for is someone who feels whole in their bodies. And I'm not saying you have to feel like that a hundred percent of the time, but I'm saying that the feeling that you're looking for from that aesthetic doesn't come from the look. It comes from a feeling that you're searching for. And I'm telling you, you'll find that feeling as you start to feel whole and one in your body. And as you start to get that confidence with you and your body that like this, we're in this together. And like, my body is so fucking cool because it can do all of these things. And I have this support from the, all of this evidence supports it. It's cash in the checks. Yeah. It can cash the checks that you write and you know that. And that's like a, just a really, really freaking good feeling. I want to talk in the second half of this about, because we wanted a significant amount of this to be like true to ourselves and saying like, hey, remember where aesthetics belongs in the pecking order of importance. Um, and But I also want people to feel seen when they're saying like, okay, I get you, but I've always been told that building muscle is the key to increasing my metabolic rate so that I'm burning more fat, that I'm at rest, I'm able to burn more calories and I'm listening to you, but I'm also looking at my body and it looks bigger. I'm putting on my jeans and they're not fitting and I'm getting on the scale and I'm weighing more. So I'm wondering (laughs) if you're lying to me and I get that. And I don't want to sweep that under the rug because those are real experiences. They really do happen and they do need an explanation because if you don't have an explanation for why you might look, your appearance might look larger, that's in air bunnies when you start lifting. You need an explanation for why this is because it's real. It is real. And nobody here is going to gaslight you into saying that it's not. But here... Okay. So when we talk about bulking, I think everybody knows what they're talking about in regards to their own body, right? When you talk to the girl who's in your DMs and she says, you know, I've previously been a runner and I started CrossFit and like my jeans fit tighter. And that is really scary to me because I have an aesthetic in my mind that I'm looking for and the fittest version of me. And I and don't want that to be a lar- in a larger body for her. Okay. That is a real thing because untrained muscles are soft and they're malleable. So if you have been previously a runner and you start some kind of strength training regimen, you are all of a sudden going to activate and turn on small muscles that were not used during running. That Those muscles that were previously very malleable because they were not trained, they squeeze into things easier. So like when you put on your jeans, soft, malleable muscles don't push back. They just like form into whatever you squish them into, right? So one of the reasons why people feel like things fitting tighter when they start strength training 
is because they're taking untrained muscles, making them harder. The untrained muscles are pushing back against their clothes, against massage therapists. <laughs> like, uh, can you relax your shoulders? Every, I'm like, no, that's as relaxed as they get. <laughs> every massage therapist is like, yup. <laughs> like when you massage softer muscles that, that aren't well developed, you know what that feels like. And then you touch someone who does some weight training and you're like this baby's fighting back (laughs) it's it's not laying down like just lay down but that is going to look and feel different now is that mean that those muscles are going to press out on your jeans forever and you're going to continue to get larger in jean sizes the more you lift no no but just understand why that initial like feeling of bulk might happen when we're taking really really soft muscles that are just blabbing their way through life and making them hard they're gonna push back yeah so I think there's there's kind of three things that we wanted to talk about when it comes to bulking and feeling bulky when you start lifting and just saying that it that it is real. That's the first one. The second one is that repairing muscles retain water. So they are definitely, as you're breaking them down, they are retaining more water to build back up. And then the third one is that building muscles fast, or I'm sorry, you build muscles faster than you burn fat. So essentially all of these things, these things that we're talking about when it comes to bulking come down to one solution and that is being patient. And that's the thing nobody wants to hear. And when I had this conversation, I said that straight out because you see a leaner, you see that I carry a significant amount of muscle, but I am definitely very lean. So you can see all of the muscles and you say like, well, how do I get that? But that doesn't happen overnight because the you know, as we know that as you build muscle, the quicker your metabolism, the more essentially the faster you're going to burn body fat, but that doesn't happen overnight. Your body doesn't adapt. Your metabolism doesn't adapt like that. As you just start to build up muscle, you still are maintaining a significant amount of body fat. So you're building up muscle, which eventually, if you give it enough time is going to speed up your metabolism and help you maintain way better, scientifically proven, a lower body fat percentage. The more muscle mass you have, the more likely you are to maintain a lower body fat percentage. Quote me on it. (laughs) But it doesn't happen overnight. So as you start to build up muscle, but you are also maintaining a higher a higher body fat percentage that you have maintained for a significant amount of time before building up muscle. It's going to sit on top of each other essentially because you haven't been able to burn the fat yet. So you can just look at it exactly for what it is. We're getting bigger muscles underneath. We're also maintaining that body fat percentage. The metabolism hasn't caught up significantly to be able to reduce the body fat percentage at a higher rate. So during that time, your body is going to maintain both of those at the same time before you reach that leaner state that will happen because your your metabolism will adapt. It's the ice cube. You have to, the room is heating up. And just because you're not seeing the ice cube melt does not mean that it's not going to melt or getting closer to melting. It just needs to hit a certain temperature. And that is the best way that I can describe the muscle to fat ratio that happens in the initial bulking period. Well, this is why it's super important to think about when you see someone who has been able to maintain a lower body fat percentage or a leaner 
body fat percentage or it has a lean muscle mass like me and ignore the previous 10 years and say like, well, what do you eat and what do you do right now? And you want that in a couple of weeks? <laughs> like that's the, there's a couple of things there. It's never going to happen because we don't live in the same body. We don't have the same lifestyle. We don't have the same genetics. All of that is never going to happen. However, the wait time between being able to my metabolism is processing the same food that yours is at a different rate because I'm maintaining this, th- these muscle mass, this muscle mass that I currently have, and I have been able to maintain it. So my metabolism is used to this level of activity, the need to restore these muscles, the need to, when they break down, we have to build them back up because this is something that has been on repeat wash and repeat for so long that I've adapted, but you want that to happen. You want that adaptation to happen overnight because you have started to build some muscle. You're like, well, the fat should go. Where's my metabolism? It's not working. I well, get that. I don't, I don't know that it's, it's that people want it to happen overnight. It's well, just that they don't want to look larger. That's like the opposite. It's like, wait a minute. Why am I appearing? Yeah. The initial feedback, because it's like, we always cause and effect. We equate what we're doing to, um, you know, the immediate effects of it. And that works in other places, right? I ate spicy food. I got diarrhea. Okay. It was the spicy food, right? You can do that in other areas of your body. But the fact, the biggest womp womp is the fact that muscle comes first, and fat goes second. Yeah, it's the, and it's a survival mechanism though. Well, yeah. I mean, sure. It's not a womp womp if you're freaking out there <laughs> trying to, you know, trudge through the woods, but we're not anymore. And we're no. still working with that setup. So um, I get it. I get why it's frustrating. And I get why you would think, hold the phone. I'm stopping that immediately. It's making me larger. Like not what the goal was, not what the goal was. And so... Um, I get it. I think people, they want to be patient, but also they're equating the heavy lifting or any, any type of weight training to the appearance of being larger. And, and they're right. It's just not enough time. <laughs> and if, if we stuck with it, it would the, oh man, the payoff, the, oh, the, the payoff, payoff. Is, is waiting for you. And it's just like the response to that, what I've seen with women most recently is, well, I'll just, you know, I enjoy this. So I'll just continue to do it, but I'll lift lighter because that means if I just move like lightweight, I won't get bulky and I'll get those longer, leaner muscles. Not true. Not true at all. You not are not true. going to be You're just building a muscle leaner, slower. <laughs> you're going to be a leaner version of that. Like that's not that's not how it works. All of it, but I I just empathize with it because like all of this messaging has been so difficult to uncover not only what we want, what we feel, putting that to the forefront, which is the last thing women are told to do. And then you have all of this poor, not even science behind some of the things that are being said. And then you have your physical experience where you're like, well, this is what's happening here. Is this just not right for me? Am I doing it wrong? Continuing to question what it is that you're doing. And then the the whole idea that being bulky is bad. And I wanted to bring up that everyone is, is going to choose what they, what they want for their 
their ultimate goal and their body and all of these things. I support you, but I wanted to bring up the message that you got about like my husband says my back's going to look bigger. Uh, I, so what happened was we had a listener who listened to the podcast on aging and said, Hey, you know, I heard you say that I need to pull more than I push. And I totally support that, you know, from my posture, I, I can see that it's a need for me. But when I presented this to my husband, he said, Oh, I don't know if you want to pull more. Cause I mean, your back's already pretty large. You don't want to get it any larger. The fact is is that doing more pulling than pushing will improve the quality of her life. It will improve the longevity that she has on this planet. Um, it will improve her athletic career and her ability to maintain that athleticism. And your back might look a little bigger. But how standing up straight and being without pain, like, how does that feel? And I don't even blame, I don't blame anyone in this situation. Like this messaging is so wild. Like it's, we just have to stop and think to ourselves, what am I saying? What is this conversation? Like, what does this actually look like? What is the meaning behind some of this? And are we really talking about like, I don't want your back to look bigger even though everything that you're telling me is that would make you feel better, that would make you live a better life, that would overall make you healthier. Well, just briefly, I don't want to... I have to not demonize the men. Okay. All right. I'll do it. All right. Here's what I want to say. Okay. Even though that was abhorrent to me on the surface, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, this poor man, he has been socially conditioned to be in a place where he has to be constantly worried about if his wife looks stronger than him, right? That's another factor. God forbid her back looks more developed than my back. Then where would we be? I mean, I'd be totally emasculated. And he's brought up with that. That's what I'm saying. But he's been brought up with that too. So it's like, even though that's a selfish view, her saying like, oh, you know, I'd really like to develop my lats. He has to think to himself like, oh, geez, if we walk like alongside each other and genetically, I'm not really an upside down triangle, but she is. And she has a developed back. God, she's going to look like larger than me. And that would be so horrible for me. And so... It's a whole, it's a whole ass thing. There's so much to unpack with bulky, honestly. Like yeah. there's, there's so much, that's why it's just been a topic that we'll continue to cover because it's just worth the discussion on both ends of like, how can we address this? How can we interact in a way with each other that is helpful and putting what we really care about to the forefront because there's so much noise of what we think we care about. But at the end of the day, your health is ultimately the most important, important thing. The health of your partner is the most important thing. So when we can peel back some of the noise that comes in between and really say like, this is what the value is. And this, how do I work backwards from that in supporting you living your healthiest life? me living my healthiest life, body, mind, and spirit, the whole thing. What does that look like? And how can we work backwards from that? And like, does what I'm saying kind of support that when we're talking about your health and your posture? You're just I fine. mean, <laughs> I'm just presenting the idea. <laughs> I just, it's just a thought. And I want people to leave this episode feeling heard that, that the bulk that they are experiencing, that they have experienced, that they will experience is a real phenomenon. I also want people, I, I, w- I want 
them to understand why, right? And that like, this is, this is a melting ice cube thing. So you, if, if you just stick in the room long enough, we will see that change in a, in a direction that perhaps will be, um, you know, a little bit more aesthetically pleasing to you. But at the end of the day, there, there is limitations to how much we can sculpt our body. And I want that messaging to come through loud and clear because no matter what Kelsey does, she's never, ever going to look like an upside down triangle. She's never going to have a super large back that is very, very defined. Some women could work out half the amount of time that Kelsey has over the course of their life and have a significantly larger back than her because genetically that is what they're predisposed to. And you might think at this point in your life that there are some genetics that are better. I wish I got like Kelsey where she like gains all her weight in her ass and wouldn't that be nice? And she always stays small on the top. But like also there's been a time where your body's been so out because you got no boobies yeah. <laughs> and you cannot <laughs> gain weight in your boobs. Like if you put fat on your body, if you allow your body fat percentage to be significantly more than it is, it doesn't go there. It doesn't go to the boobies. So it's like, you know what? Maybe, maybe instead of using our body as this like weird sculpture that we're going to try to chip away at in certain places and add to in certain places, maybe we just say, I know essentially my genetics are playing a role here. I'm looking at my mother, I'm looking at my father and I'm saying, oh, I see, I see, I see. Um, And what I'm doing with my body is building the healthiest happiest version that I showed up on the planet with. And if that means my, my nose is a little pointy. Okay. If that means when I'm super fit and I'm holding a low body fat percentage, I still have a jiggle in the middle. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. I just hope that for everyone, because I, even on the flip side of that, even if you think like that's the body type that I wish that I had. It's the same thing with curly and straight hair. Yeah, it is. Everyone is looking at the other one and being like, well, I wish I had that curly hair, if I have straight hair. Like it's the same thing where like I have in the past looked at people who have been able to, you know, gain muscle at a higher rate and been like, Jesus, why are my, I even made a video about it that was like trying to gain all the muscle. And then it was like my genetics and it was like self-sabotaging me. You're given a range. You're You're given given a range. range. Everything's always like the grass is greener, right? But as soon as we peel back, peel that back and start to look at like from this other, this alternate universe that I'm building over here where you can look at other women, take, remove yourself and admire the things that they do, what they like, admire their body, admire their strength, admire whatever it is, the beauty that makes them them without it reflecting on you in any way. My beauty is so much different. I don't compete. I don't compete with other women. Like they are amazing all on their own. And I look at some of the the women at my gym and I'm like, Oh my God, you, you have some shoulders on you and you have, I'm like in love with them, but that's not a reflection of me. 
I'm over here fighting, you know, my own battles. I have my own strengths. I have my own love for what my body can do. I'm just admiring yours as well. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, that's the world that we're building over here on the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. And we'll continue to talk about it from week to week. And when we mess up, God, I've done it over the years, found myself suffering the comparisons, the thief of joy, and just sitting there and being like, no, I wish I had this other thing. Once, like, it takes years to kind of work this out and it will probably be a lifelong thing. So if you're feeling like, oh my God, that's me. You're listening to this podcast. You're like, oh my God, that's me. There's no shame in that. We're all doing it. But the more we listen to, you know, topics like this, the more we discuss it, the more we think about like, you know, not blaming some of the men for having that idea that they're okay. You know, I'm just, I'm just presenting it. And just realizing that we're all in this, you know, socialized culture that's been very damaging to us. But if we can change some of the language around it and have some understanding and just start to make some adjustments of like, a place of understanding love and caring and thinking about like what ways we can adjust that language. We're just creating a whole new dynamic. Yeah, we are. And it's possible. So bulk is real. Bulk is real. Bulk is fake. Bulk is irrelevant because you can only control what you can control. So get out there and get the healthiest, happiest you that you can possibly find. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.